So I want to welcome all of you on this this Labor Day weekend. Uh, I don't know if you came to hear me or just to eat the thousand pieces of chicken. It doesn't matter. God's here and that's what counts, right? So I just want to say thank you for all of you who are watching somewhere else. Some of you are watching uh, today. Some of you are going to be watching during the week. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to say a special thank you to my friend Jeanette Lorenz, who lives in Wood River. She doesn't get to come out and see us. But I go visit her, and uh, it's just exciting. And I just thought I'd just mention her name today. So if you ever get a chance, just say hi to Jeanette. So, well, anybody notice anything about my shirt? <laughs> Jeff Gordon, yes. Okay. I didn't, I didn't pick the shirt. I'm not sure why that the staff decided that I was going to wear the AARP shirt. I don't know if they think I'm just liberal or old. You guys will have to choose what you think it is. But uh, I, I'm like the, I've been telling people I'm sort of like the guy who went into the the store and bought the cowboy hat and came back out and had the cowboy hat on and everybody says, wow, are you a cowboy? He says, no, I just bought the hat. Well, it's the same thing. I'm not a racer, but I just, uh, I just wear the shirt. My racing career is a little different than Pastor Jeff's. Remember last week he told about his, his uncle's uncle, father's grandfather and all of those people who were racers back in, I don't have that. My grandfather came over from from uh, Germany. But I do have a racing background. Now, if you remember, remember Pastor Jeff's background in racing? I, I think they're, are, are they going to put it up on the screen maybe? Remember he had that go-kart and, and that, uh, <laughs> there he was. You don't look a whole lot different. Well, a little bit there. Well, I had a racing background as well. I had a I had a cousin that lived in Stewart, Nebraska, and I'd go up there and visit, and and we'd go to the stock car races in Stewart, Nebraska. And this is now now this is a new model. I want you to understand. When I went to those stock car races, this would have been in the 50s, and uh, and so I rode stock car models that were a little different looking at that time. But we'd watch those, and when we'd come back, and his dad was a depot agent, and we had a great big area. And we raced, and we raced, and we raced. The only thing is, I probably didn't need a pit crew. What I did need sometimes if I'd crash was mom, you know. But I didn't need the pit crew at that time like we do today. But I just thought you'd be interested in seeing how I raced compared to how Pastor Jeff raced there. So one other thing I might mention, though, just kind of a surprise. When I was in high school... My senior year, maybe I was a freshman in college, I can't remember exactly, you know, it's been a while. Uh, I worked at a gas station, pumped gas, changed, I changed flat tires, John. I know he wouldn't believe it. I, I knew of everybody here, he would not believe that that was true, but I did. So, well, we learned last week that every driver needs a good pit crew, right? To do what? What did we talk about last week? To edify to help them, if they're going to win the race, they need someone that's going to edify them, to help them grow. And that's no different than in our spiritual walk today. But as we continue our series on pit crew today, 
what we're going to do, we're going to be focusing on a new word, a new tool. We're going to move from edify to encourage. Now, we're not just staying with the E word. It just happens to work that way. But we're going to be talking about encouragement. Would you agree that the key to a successful driver is to have a team of encouragers rather than discouragers? How many would like to surround themselves with encouragers rather than discouragers? How about you, young people? Are you encouragers or discouragers? Who do you want to have? Right. I know. We all do. We like that. You know, we need people who are not only skilled at what they do, but who have a driver's best interest at heart. I like people around me that have my best interest at heart. Don't you? I believe every person you know needs to be encouraged at one point or another in their life. Everyone needs to have someone in their lives who's willing to listen to their story and going to tell them that they love them. I know that's true in my life. This is true. The truth is God has never intended any of us to go through life by ourselves. In fact, no Christian has ever been called to go it alone in his or her walk of faith. How many have tried to go it alone and found that it doesn't work very good? You get a little discouraged and a little down, and all of a sudden you find out, why is this not working well? See, I I believe that God wants you to be part of a spiritual pit crew, just like He wants me to be part of one. One that's going to encourage you. One that's going to help you grow. That's where the life groups come in. Life groups are a great place for this to happen. Am I right, people? And, and this is, and what are we starting them this, this week, right? You need to get involved this week in a life group. Life's hard enough when we're not trying to make it alone. But when we do, I found that this is when discouragement hits us the hardest. I grew up as an only child. And I can tell you, during that time growing up, there were a lot of times I felt all alone. That's just the feeling I had. It was a horrible feeling. I learned how to deal with this and make my own games and take care of myself, but it still was a very discouraging time at times. I remember, I remember every night praying. My mom taught me that, that prayer, and maybe some of you have heard it, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If you should come before I wake, I pray my soul. That some, I don't remember. But I'd always finish it with, And please bring me a baby brother. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. But you know what? And this might surprise me. I still have a hard time shaking that feeling. That feeling of being all alone. I feel like that sometimes in a crowd. I don't. Do any of you ever feel that way? I know people look at me and say, "Well, you're so outgoing, and you're always this and that, and talk all the time." And I, but. I still get that feeling deep inside. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I just believe so much in our life groups. Why I believe so much and understand the need to have good friends and valued friends. People who are going to help understand you. People who are going to encourage you. This is something that I think is true of all of us. See, we all need to be encouraged. Am I right? To be encouraged is often the fuel that keeps me going. It's sort of like this, this can here, the fuel. 
if a, a good race driver, I don't, I don't see Kyle where he's at here, but you have to, if you watch any TV or watch any NASCAR or anything, when the cars come into the pit, what happens? They jump over and they change tires and this. But I think this is the key. You can change all the tires you want to. If that guy doesn't have fuel, what happens? He still just sets. You gotta have somebody that's gonna be pouring the fuel. We all need fuelers in our life. And we need that true. And I believe the fuel that we all need in our lives today is the fuel of encouragement. All of us need to be encouraged. The Bible tells us this. I, I believe the Bible teaches this that we, that we all do better when we're encouraged. In fact, it is, one of my favorite verses in, in all of Scripture is Hebrews 10.25, and it says, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage what? one another. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another how often? Daily. And 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Encourage one another and then do what? Build each other up. What I want you to do is turn to the person on your right and the person on your left, and I want you to say this. We are to encourage one another. (laughs) Didn't that feel good? That's just a feel-good feeling. Did you feel encouraged or a little awkward? Well, yeah. I, I know. Every time, every time people have, us, have me do that, I always feel a little awkward. I always think, I'll talk to my wife, but she's going to think I'm really weird anyway. So I don't know. So what does it mean to encourage one another? By definition, it means to put courage into someone. By definition, it, it means that, but... Certainly there's more to encouraging others than to smile and a quick pat on the back. It's really the act of doing what? Inspiring others to renew their courage, to renew their spirit, and then give some hope. To encourage is to reinforce, to reassure someone. In the Greek, it means that we are to come alongside of. You know... Actually, in the Greek, what that word come alongside is the same word that is used in, in John where it talks about this is this, the, that the Holy Spirit. And it talks about the Holy Spirit being our helper, our advocate, our comforter. It's the same word that it's talking about as we're to come alongside. That's how it does. See, and, and we, when we become encouragers, an encourager will function much like the Holy Spirit, bringing a calm, bringing a comfort into someone's life. You come alongside. And when you come alongside, guess what happens? The person you're coming alongside of doesn't feel so all alone. They don't feel so discouraged. I know that's true in my life, and I'm guessing I'm not a whole lot different than any of you folks, is we just need that at times. I think a great example of that is from the Bible, from a man named Barnabas. He was an encourager. So who is Barnabas? Well, if we look at Acts 4, 36, we say he's one of the believers. He's one of us. If you've accepted Christ into your heart and life, if you've surrendered to him, you're one of the believers, and his name was Joseph. And you say, well, it's not Barnabas. Well, it says he was a Levite born in Cyprus. The apostle called him what? Barnabas. And here's the key, which means one who encourages 
How did he get that name? What do you think he maybe did a lot of? I'll bet he was an encourager. I'll bet he came alongside of people. In fact, as I know it's true, how many have heard of the Apostle Paul? How many know how Paul got his career started? Killing Christians. And then God knocked him off his donkey, didn't he? And got his attention and said, Whoa, I'm real. And Jesus talked to him and Paul's life was changed. But when he started coming back after he'd had some training and working and, and getting close to God and finding and studying, guess what happened? All the believers thought, uh-huh, he's just using this as a ploy. They didn't trust him because they thought he's going to come along and what's he going to do? He's going to turn us in and we're going to get killed or thrown in prison. But what happened? Barnabas, the encourager, what did he do? He came alongside of Paul and brought him to the people. And he spoke for him. He said, oh, hey, you can trust this guy. I spent time with him. He's the real deal. In fact, they become such good friends that they became partners and they started traveling and doing things and starting churches. And they brought a young man with them called Mark. Have you ever heard of Mark? I think he wrote one of the books of the Bible, didn't he, about the stories of one of the Gospels. Well, Mark came along. Well, Mark, when he was young, things weren't going so hot. And he said, hey, guys, I'm out of here. And he split. Well, then when they decided to go back to these churches, Barnabas says, hey, let's bring Mark back in. I think we can help him and get him going. Now, I'm adding a little bit there. I don't know if he really said that, but I think that's probably what he, that's what an encourager would do. And guess what Paul said? I don't think so. He deserted me once. I'm not going to get there and have him dump us again. we got to have somebody we can count on. And Barnabas said, no, no, you got to trust him. Trust him. I, I know he's good. I, I've been talking to him. He's No, in fact, as they got into such a dispute that, guess what? Paul went one way, but what, did, what happened to Barnabas? He came alongside of Mark and they went their other way. So much so that he changed Mark's life forever. That's what an encourager can do. Because in Paul's last days, guess what Paul did in, in Timothy, it says, that he came alongside and he, and he asked, he says, could you send me Mark? He has been so useful in my ministry. I really would like to have him with me today. Wow, that's life change, isn't it? That's real life change. So, can't believe I didn't even follow my notes. I got lost here. I don't have my, have you noticed that this is a kind of a unique iPad that it's not quite like Pastor Jeff's iPad up here? This is my, this is my, my iPad here still. So. <laughs> I want you to know though that I do have a smartphone. I'm still a dummy, but I, a dummy running the smartphone, but I got the smartphone. And my wife says, you gotta quit read, looking at it all the time, you'll become like one of those. <laughs> but I guess what we can learn from Paul is, no matter who we are, we need somebody to believe in us. Even the Apostle Paul needed somebody to believe in us. I need somebody to believe in me. You need somebody to believe in you. And we best encourage others with love. 
See, the only motivation that will stir us to reach into others' lives with encouragement is love. Real encouragement only comes when the words are spoken from a heart of real love. Romans 12, 9 says this. Don't just do what? Pretend to love others. This is the key. What is it saying here? Really love them. Be genuine. Be honest. This is the key here. We need to really do. And I might add, when it says really love, oh, they jumped ahead on me. They, they were, uh, good job, but go back to that one. There we go. Really love them means don't use flattery. Don't flatter people. No one appreciates being flattered if they know it's not real. What they really want is someone that's going to really love them and really cares for them and not just making them saying words that don't mean anything. So don't use flattery. Be real. Now, Romans twelve sixteen, And this is in the message. I kind of like what it says. It says, make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. And you're saying, why, is it, why are you talking about that? Well, I believe this. Most of us, when we're struggling, when we feel all alone, when we feel like we're so discouraged, how many of us feel like nobodies? But I can tell you, every nobody is a somebody. Every nobody is a somebody. And I'm a nobody. And if I'm a nobody, I want to be a somebody to somebody. And so we need to do that. And that's how we encourage. I need somebody else to be a somebody to me. We need this. We need this this encouraging of one another and not looking at people. You know, we got to just, hey, let's just get real with everybody and love regardless of who they are. Because if you remember, Barnabas loved Paul before he was a somebody. We don't know when that nobody is going to turn into a somebody that we're going to say, wow, I knew him. And then in Ephesians 4.29, it says, let everything you say be good helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Our words are so huge. Do you realize that your words your words can either sting or they can bring life? They can kill or they can bring life. How many have been killed or stung very hard with words? How many have had that life brought back into them with, with a few words? But folks, it's your choice. You choose whether you're going to give words that are going to sting or if you're going to give words that are going to give life. We all have that choice in us. Isn't it thrilling to realize that God has called us all to come alongside others who are in need? He's called us all to encourage. It's important, folks, that we learn to unlock people's hearts and then go inside those hearts, taking time to walk with them and be the dream builder that we all need. What do I mean by that? To, to unlock a heart, walk inside, become a dream builder. What do I mean? We all have history. Every relationship that we get into, there's history that's involved. Am I right? And we must know some of that history if we're really going to understand the person. This is how we get into somebody's heart and to provide the encouragement that's needed. We have to be able to unlock that heart. We need to find out a little bit about their history. And if we don't, well, we can make huge misjudgments. I'll give you an example. This is a true story of a, of a man. That was a, he was a financial aid person for, for Illinois colleges. And uh, he was asked 
at a, this question. He was at a relationship building seminar, something like this. And this is the question he was asked. What do you think about when you think of hurt? This was his answer. Just before my senior year in college, there's four of us, three of my best friends. Well, during that next year, or before the, my, four, my senior year of college, this is what happened during that summer. One of my best friends was up on a log cabin working on the roof, fell off, was killed. Later on, that same summer, I had my other best friend was killed in a car accident. I understand hurt. He says, and in fact, in the third one, we were out swimming, and he started to drown, and I reached for him, and I couldn't hang on, and he drowned. He said, I understand hurt. And in the back there ground, there was a woman that just gasped. And she says, oh, please forgive me. She says, I've watched you at church, and I just thought you had it all together, that you didn't understand. In fact, as I thought you were maybe a little stuck up. But now I understand you. See, if we don't know someone's history, we're never going to understand why they do or don't do what they do or who they are. We cannot get into their hearts. We cannot unlock them. We can't be the encourager that God called us to be unless we get to know them, walk alongside of them, and then understand and get into their history and be able to share with them. We must ask questions to find out who people are, not just what they do. That's the common question, isn't it? Well, what do you do? Instead of what's going on in here. That's really the key. So how do we give encouragement? I think putting encouragement into action is a very simple thing. And it's a great thing is that anybody can do it. Everybody in this room can give encouragement. So my question is, what about you? How are you doing? Is there someone in your life who needs to know that you love them? Think about that. Who in your life needs to know that you love them? Galatians 6.10 says this. It says, when when we have the opportunity to help anyone, anyone, we should do it. This isn't an option, folks. He says we should do it. But we should give special attention to those who are in the family of believers. Folks, we're in the family of believers. We need to come alongside. We need to love each other. Somebody's messing up or having a struggle instead of saying, ah, they they need to figure it out or go see Pastor Jeff. He'll straighten them out. We need to come alongside and be the person. We can help, what does it say? Anyone. We need to help anyone along this line. Here's a few things. How many of you have thought, how do I give encouragement? Just what, how do I do that? Well, I think one of the things is just offer words, kind words to people. Or just sit down and listen to them. If someone is struggling and they've, they've maybe lost a loved one, sometimes the worst thing you can do is start to go in and try to give them answers. They just need somebody to come in and just sit there and listen. Or sometimes just sit there and just be with them. And we need to also begin giving these kind words and listen in our families. Folks, if it doesn't start in your family, it's not going to happen out in the street with your friends and neighbors. You need to do this at home. Maybe you just make a phone call or send an unexpected encouraging note to somebody. 
Maybe even add a gift card if you need to, or some dollars if you know what the need is. That, that's, that's always helpful. Don't be afraid, folks, to infirm someone who is hurting and tell them that they can make it. Now, I understand that sometimes these people are acting like jerks. Am I right? That happens. Well, what you do is you confirm, you know, you, you confront the issue, but you still what? Affirm the person. Confront the issue, affirm the person. That's how it works. And finally, let others know that you're praying for them. I think one of the greatest ways of showing encouragement is to let others know that you're praying for them. And then here's the key. Really pray for them. I've been guilty of this in the past, and I really work at not. It's somebody says to me, and I, I talk, and I say, Dwayne, I'll be praying for you. And then I walk away, and I see him the next week, and I'm, I didn't pray for him. If you're going to tell someone you're going to pray for them, pray for them. And here's something that I, and I watched this happen last week at our altars. There's one here, there's one here, there's one over there. Spontaneous prayer is probably one of the most encouraging things that can happen. When God puts something, something or someone on your heart, you say, oh wow, there's Bill. I know he's going through a difficult time. Instead of just going up, I'll be praying for you this week, just say, hey Bill, would you care if I prayed for you right now? Start praying. How many have had that happen to you? How encouraging is that? How many have done that to someone else? And that's pretty encouraging for you as well, isn't it? It just makes you, you just feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. We need to be, we need to be sensitive and kind. We need to see ourselves as dispensers of God's love and His grace. See, if we don't see ourselves as dispensers of His love and His grace, we won't be that. And before, we need to be able to give. We can't give what we don't have, so we need to first receive that love. Receive His grace. We can't do it, otherwise we're just given something that's a substitute. It has to be the real thing. Love that is real from within. I watched this week, as, as many of you know, Stu Samuelson was in a motorcycle accident got pretty bunged up, and it's up in the hospital, ran into a deer on a motorcycle. I keep telling you guys, nobody should be on anything with two wheels. I just don't understand that. And at my age, I have a good friend that was on a bicycle and wrecked it. I mean, it's, I don't understand this. Of course, he was 75. I really don't understand that. I'm not as old as he is either, by the way. But anyway, one of the things that Rita's wife says, I cannot believe how many people from the church are coming up and, and praying for us and just coming along and caring and encouraging. I feel so, and this is her words, I feel so encouraged. There are people who came to encourage me that I didn't even know. Good job, folks. Good job. That's what it takes to be an encouragement. That's the kind of pit crew I want to be part of. I want to be part of your guys' pit crew because you guys do a good job. We must, we must not only learn to give encouragement, but we also then need to learn to be able to receive it from others as well. So how do we receive encouragement? And here's the word. Thankfully. Thankfully. We receive encouragement, thankfully. 
1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Be thankful in how many circumstances? All. What does that say? How many? All circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's, it's God's will that we're thankful in all circumstances. How many find it hard sometimes to take encouragement from somebody? We just, oh, I know, I know. And we do all these funny things and we make these funny actions. And, but we need to just say thank you. You know, I've learned that that's the best way to, to receive any type of encouragement. It's just to say thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really need that. This is something I, 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 I'm going to take to heart. I've discovered that I do better as well when I'm re- and, and I'm more receptive to God and I'm more receptive to others when I have the right attitude. I think if we're going to have that right attitude, and here's the attitude that I've learned that we need to have, is when I'm more thankful for what I do have than discouraged and angry about what I don't have. It just seems like, boy, when I hurt, then what do I do? Oh, poor me, I'm hurting and I don't have this. And then then I look at somebody else and say, well, but they're worse off than I am. And we can always find somebody better off or worse off, can't we? That's just the way it is. But I think this type of attitude is crucial because self-focus is going to destroy us, folks. It's just the way it is. It's hard to receive encouragement when you're playing the Lone Ranger. It just doesn't have, if you're not around people, it's pretty tough. Why do you think earlier on it says we are to not neglect the what? The, the, what's that? Gathering of ourselves together. Why? How do you get encouragement? How do you give encouragement if you're not around people? Folks, pit crews are about people. People touching people. That's what it's all about. But here's the key. Philippians 2.4 says this. Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. If we are just so focused on ourselves, it's going to destroy us. But when we start becoming interested in other people's lives, it's going to make all the difference in the world. You will just naturally become an encourager. That's just the way it happens. Ultimately, also, let me mention this. Do you notice here it says, but be interested in the lives of others? Do you see anything there that says this is optional? This is not an option. You could say, well, that's just not the way I was made. I was made to be a Lone Ranger. No, you weren't. Now, yes, we have some that are introverts and some that are extroverts and some get their energy from being around people and some get their energy when they have to get alone. And I understand that, but we still need each other. God created us to be one another people. Being interested in lives of others is not optional regardless of where you're at. Who's the ultimate encourager? God is, isn't He? God is our encourager. He's going to be the one who loves us. He's the one that's given us the encouragement we need. But this is something I found. He just sometimes uses what? People. He uses people like you, like me, to be an encourager. So when someone is encouraging you, just remember this. They are probably God's hand extended and receive it from God. That's how we receive it as understanding why am I thankful that Jen gave me encouragement? Because it's really God working through her giving me that encouragement. 
And I need to be thankful that God has taken notice of my life. He just happened to use Jen. That's the way it works. You know, we need to allow those we know and trust to come alongside of us. Sometimes that's hard. But we need God's hands extended. Sometimes the best way to receive encouragement, I found, is to give encouragement. A great illustration of this is Maxine Hirta. Many of you in here know Maxine and know her story, but she, she had something strange happen, and she's, she's been mostly paralyzed, and just it was really strange. She's in a lot of pain and this and that. And I've went, gone to visit her, and I'm sure some of you have gone to visit her, or I've given her a call. And I go there to do what? To encourage her. Guess what happens? And I've heard it not just from me, but from many. Is she encourages us. She's encouraged me more than I'm able to encourage her. So I believe one of the ways that we receive encouragement is then to give that encouragement back. It's just amazing what that can do in our lives. Let me conclude with this. John Maxwell says this, When a person feels encouraged, he can face the impossible and overcome what? Incredible adversity. I just want you to read that. You probably can't read this. Read that. What is that saying to your heart right now? Think about that. One person maybe put it a little different way. Put it this way. Flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. But encourage me and I will not forget you. Wow. Today I'm going to ask each one of you in here to commit to becoming a better encourager. And to encourage like Hebrews 3 told us to do. You remember what it said? It says we're to encourage one another. How often? Daily. Again, not an option. It's not just something, well, when I feel like it, I'm going to do a little encouraging. No. This is not some occasional thing that happens. But for this to happen, many of us will need to change our focus from self to others. Philippians 2.3. Remember I just showed you Philippians 2.4. Well, this just kind of set that up. Philippians 2.3 says, When you do things, do not... Let's call these things when you encourage, when you're doing whatever, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. We've got to change our attitude, folks. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than yourselves. That's how you become an encourager that encourages one another on a daily, daily basis. Let me challenge you. Uh, and and let, let me challenge you with this. I want, to, want you to ask yourself a question. And here's the question. And I want you to be honest. Am I a discourager or am I an encourager? You know, you know deep in your heart which one you are. What does God want us to be? God has not called us to be discouragers. He's called us to do what? Encourage one another daily. Build one another up. 
That's really what we're, we're talking about today. And always remember, you can't truly encourage without being motivated from a heart of love for God and a heart of love for people. And we can't give what we don't have. So you have to be willing to allow God to love you first. Receive that love from Him. I believe this. There are thousands of people who are dying on the vine because of a lack of encouragement today. Am I right? How many know someone who's dying on the vine right now because they're not encouraged? Today, let me encourage you to allow God to... God's love to fill your heart so that you could seek God for His compassion as an encourager to others and not become that discourager. Let's look for an opportunity to encourage others. Let's all be encouragers to who? Others, right? Let's pray. God, I just pray that we are like this gas can here, Lord, that you'll just help us to be fuelers of others, that we will provide the fuel of encouragement to others. Fill this gas can, Lord, of our heart with love, with sensitivity, with kindness, with goodness, with interest for others. Fill that can of our heart so that we could be the encouragers that you called us to be. Lord, help us today. Help us today to be all that you want us to be. Father, if there's someone here who has never, ever received the encouragement that comes when they've accepted you into their heart and life, I pray that today they say, wow, I want to be encouraged by the encourager of all encouragers, and that's God. That's you, Father. I pray that you'll just be with them, that you'll speak into their hearts. I pray that you'll just fill these altars with people who are saying, hey, I want to encourage and love others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask, there's going to be some prayer teams that are going to go to the back. And if, if you need encouragement, if you need someone to pray and just say a prayer of encouragement for you, do that. If there's someone else, even while we're singing, and you just say, hey, I know. I know somebody's hurting. And I just need to go. Just go to them and just stand beside them and and, and pray with them even now. Even as we sing, there's never a bad time to be an encourager of others.